When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. First, I'd like to apologize for being a couple minutes late. My internet has been acting less than ideal right now. That's why I have this ladder in the background to be able to climb to the top of the roof and check things out. I just made that up right there. But with John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Comments come in hot and heavy right now. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about what Arizona did. A Four Peaks reference there by the great Matt Muehlbach. Did you hear that, John Schuster? Oh, I heard that, Mike Luke. We will be getting to that. But first, and again, i got a ton of comments. We're going to get all to you all because you're smarter than we are. Um, but first, Shu, this was a game that it was not pretty, but you, and also to me was kind of a microcosm of college basketball this year in that, you know what, you take a win anyway way you can get it especially on the road teams are dropping games left and right sure maybe i think you hope there was be a little bit bigger than this but at the end of the day it's a win yeah you take it and washington state's a difficult matchup uh it was frustrating i think for a lot of fans and a lot of, a lot of viewers that arizona wasn't as good at handling the basketball as you wanted them to be they had an opportunity you know for anyone who complains about arizona being a team that starts slowly uh, the Wildcats did not have that problem tonight. They just didn't finish particularly well, well enough to get a W, and I guess to a large degree that matters. But once again, Arizona really good defensively, but their offense continued to struggle, and right. and that'll be something that uh, gets uh, discussed. What would they have, 21 points, 10 minutes into the game, maybe eight minutes into the game, right. and concluded with 63? So, you know, once they started out really well, things uh, things leveled off. And, you know, it is interesting. We think of Arizona as this dynamic uh, basketball team that uh, is great at passing and plays very unselfish and so forth. But ever since teams have figured out how to negate them in the fast break, Arizona's half-court game has been inconsistent on the offensive end, and it was inconsistent game to, uh, again tonight. Sometimes they have open looks that they make, and sometimes they don't, and sometimes they seem to fall in love with either Tabellus or Ballo on the inside and just kind of watch a little bit. And that's something. Yeah. Fortunately, their defense held up again. And at least if Arizona gives up point margins in the fifties, even in the sixties, usually they're going to get a W. Yep. One thing. And again, he's been beat up a lot this year, but I got to give Pella Larson a lot of credit in this game. I thought he was very solid. Yes. He had the weird pass at the, uh, the uh, pass at midcourt that was picked off, but multiple times he got into the lane, he dished off, or he had that really nice dunk right there. Didn't do anything really odd or dumb right there. I thought Pella Larson played one of his better games uh, 
is certainly in conference play. Um, and then a guy that we got to keep talking about too, because he really, every single game he gets in there and he imp- uh, impresses even more is Kylan Boswell. You can really tell when you watch when Boswell goes in there with the way that he can finish, with the way that he can get around there, he adds a dimension on the court that this team doesn't really have, Shu. And the perhaps frustrating thing is when it's all said and done. And again, Arizona's a three-loss basketball team that got a W on the road against a team that they don't match up particularly well with. Uh, And they have an opportunity against another team they don't match up particularly well with couple days from now and then they get Oregon at home another team they don't match up particularly well with but it's an interesting you know it's an interesting string of games here all of that said yeah they're 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 probably going to be seated fairly favorably and you hope they make a deep tournament run but if they run into somebody along the way who gives them a little too much trouble I think maybe we're going to look at Boswell as kind of wishing he was a year further along than he ultimately is. And again, there's nothing you can do about it. You keep talking. I'm having a slight issue back here. Keep going. The reality is that uh, you have a guy who's much more advanced than I think a lot of people anticipated. So, you know, you're asking for the moon to a large degree in this regard, but, but he fills such a potential void for the Wildcats that you like what you see up the road, but you'll wonder, at least I wonder if, you know, you're running out of time a little bit as far as this uh, season is concerned. Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong about that and, and continued improvement is there and you get a multitude of games in the postseason where Boswell st- steps up big. One thing too, though, that I, I'm also a little worried about, and again, I guess worried to relative because it's the sixth ranked team in the country, but Umar Ballo, again, this was another game that he did not play well. You could make the case that Mohamed Gay is a guy who Ballo is always going to have some trouble with. He's kind of a quick twitch type guy that you know get can block shots and whatnot but Ballo looked very much out of his element today um from dribbling the ball to traveling he didn't look like the guy that we've seen for a good majority of this year shoot and I think and I think it comes down to the thing you uh alluded to there in the matchup aspect of it because the games where putting aside maybe Ballo was a little under the weather uh during Arizona's rough stretch it also combined with a couple similar the quick twitch big guy similarity that you talked about Oregon has one of those in Dante and Washington State has a couple of those guys as well and it seems that that combination causes problems for Ballo and forces Arizona into a situation where it has to generally run a smaller lineup to which it was at least effective enough to get a W tonight but remember Ballo was a necessity in Arizona's win over UCLA very so true. it's going to be one of, I think Arizona overall is better when Ballo is on the floor against most teams, because when that's the case, Ballo and Tabellas create a two headed interior monster that a lot of other opponents just don't have answers for. And when Ballo is a real difficulty, then Tabellas can flourish even more. Uh, so it becomes that. And that's very important to keep in mind. However, And what you're hoping that Arizona can weather here a little bit is when you get teams that put Ballo in a matchup difficulty, Arizona's then going to need other guys to step up, those guys on the perimeter to be able to figure it out. I expected earlier, and and maybe this will still play out this way and we're just going through a pocket right now. Uh, I don't know. But Lloyd seems to be in favor of going with a seven-man rotation right now. What I kind of anticipated was going to happen 
uh, is that a guy like Vasar was going to get more minutes if Bala struggled against a certain style of player. But right. it appears, at least over the course of the last couple of weeks, that has not been the case. And if it isn't the case now, is it going to be the case later? I just don't know. If it is not, then, then Henderson has to be better, Larson has to be better, and Arizona has to be a little bit more consistent from three-point range. All right. I have never been more excited for this read than I am right now. Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Anybody that watched the game heard Matt Muehlbach even talk about Arizona with the Four Peaks right there. That's how far this is taken. This has gone from Tempe to Tucson all the way up to Pullman, Washington right now. Again, check it out. Four Peaks, the official brew. You can go to Tempe or you can go to our Tap and Bottle watch parties and get Four Peaks. Enjoy responsibly. 21 and up. Or, or, no, not 21 and up. Arizona. Just yeah, well, 21 and well, up. Well, it is. Yeah. But, in a and bunch check of other states, show, I imagine, too. And check out the show notes and the link in the description. And Mountain Mike's. I had somebody ask if I am Mountain Mike. I am not Mountain Mike. But Mountain Mike's has very good pizza. Oracle and Wetmore. Check it out. Um, again, great setup. John Schuster has been there before, as has William Brad Alice. And again, uh, nobody comes out of there disappointed. Oracle and Wetmore, check it out. Okay, Shu, you mentioned something right here, and I think Sean uh, makes a good point here as well. Good win on the road, not a lot going for us, but still. Is this maybe an Arizona basketball team that's figuring out ways to win and kind of win and win in kind of a grinding out? type uh, fashion that we haven't really seen before or not even seen, but anticipated. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good that way of putting it. To be, yeah. It's, it, it's very unusual, uh, especially the way that Arizona at the beginning of the year was doing what you expected them to. Oh, wow. Look at the Wildcats are scoring 88 points again. And they lead the nation in assists. Uh, great. Look at them. They can get up and down the floor. They run really well. They're running off rebounds this year. And uh, look at the way Tabellus runs the floor. And, and over the course of much of the last month, it's been a team that scores in the 60s. They're what, eighth in the conference in offensive efficiency? Right. What were the DraftKings odds on that one right. uh, a month ago? Right. So, yeah, but what it's done, and this is playing to your strengths, and again, Arizona's strength or Arizona's advantage differential is that it has two big guys who can score on the inside, so it can figure out ways – when necessary to hopefully get enough buckets. But what it's also done is helped them play better than anticipated defense. And with rare occasions, Arizona's defense has been pretty good this year. Right. And, and, that, and that gives them opportunity because we know this at this stage of the game. Teams play in the half court in the, in, uh, in the postseason. And so if Arizona can figure out ways to grind out half court performances – then they've got the opportunity to move through the tournament. Last year, they got bounced out by Houston in a game that was, what, 60 to 56? Right. Maybe exactly. this year, with all of the half-court experience they're getting and the grinding half-court experience that's going into it, perhaps it's the Wildcats that win a game 60 to 56. They've certainly won their share of the last four or five weeks. And you look around college basketball, too, and this is something I got I want to keep hammering home in that – Everybody is dropping games right now. There isn't that dominant team right there. I mean, you just look at it. UConn goes from being number one or ranked number one to losing five out of their six games. Kansas goes number one, loses two straight. Arizona obviously has uh, uh, been in that boat as well, obviously not ranked number one. So teams are dropping games. UCLA's here. lost two in a row now. UCLA's lost two in a row as well. Heck, even ASU's losing games. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Hard That's to believe. Hard to fathom. Yes, I know. 
That very, very difficult to believe. But at the end of the day, though, um, that's, I think, what this landscape is right now. So Arizona showing that they could win with defense is a good thing because, quite frankly, this isn't last year's team. And I think that's a testament, obviously, to what Tommy Lloyd's been able to do. But you lose Ben Matherin, who obviously could get you 30 points on any given night. Dalen Terry, the jack-of-all-trades, Coloco on the back end. Um, this year's team, you've got some solid pieces, but Kerr is streaky. I mean, heck, this game showed that. This game was kind of the epitome of Kerr Carissa. Three threes he makes, and then I don't know that he makes a three. Maybe, I think I he think had he another. I, I think he had another, but he also had, what, four or five turnovers? Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, By the way, so, where's he from? What's that? Where's he from? I forget. Yes. Estonia. Oh, oh, oh. Well, it just so happened, it, totally by coincidence, that I'm wearing my Estonia rugby jersey tonight. Not this an is, accident, uh, my friend. No, it could be from the, for, for the Talon Tigers Rugby Club. So right. for all the uh, folks in Estonia who may or may not be watching, hopefully the ones who are watching, this is in honor of you. Nice pink yeah. color. you got to be a badass if you can pull off pink. You're and pulling off the part, salmon. And, and when you're a part of the Talon Tigers Rugby Club, you were delivering the goods just as Kerr sometimes did when he wasn't turning over the ball. Right. Okay. So, and then you look at uh, Courtney Ramey is, I think at this stage, it's fair to say he's hit or miss. Some games he'll be able to give you some, some games he won't. Uh, Pella Larson kind of in the same boat. The only guy on this team that you know, game in and game out is going to be able to get you what he should be able to get you is a Julius Tabellus. I'm not really breaking any ground right there. So this team, I think it's fair to say, is going to be somewhat inconsistent offensively just based off the personnel. So they're going to have to figure out how to get defensive, uh, you know, defensive stops out of that. The thing that frustrates me, I think, the most with Arizona's offense is that I I don't think they move on the perimeter as much as they used to. And that, 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 that perplexes me a little bit. They, they seem to have fallen into an acceptance of being relatively stagnant on the outside. They're, they're cutting to and away from the basket and utilizing angles is not as efficient as it used to be. And it, and I gather that a lot of that probably has to do with Tabellus and, you know, Ballo clogging up the middle a little bit, but still Arizona seems, doesn't seem to be as fluid uh, with five guys on the floor as they were maybe two months ago. And that's the one aspect in the half court that I'd like to see them try to put a little bit more pressure on uh, is at least if you can't, if you don't have a guy on the roster who can legitimately get to the basket, and you've talked about this being kind of a problem with Arizona, a, a deficiency for the Cats this year, then you need to have somebody other than Tabellus and Ballo just parking on the inside. Shouldn't you have somebody try to cut Without the ball? Right. You you would seem to be that that is the case, but it feels to me like Arizona just doesn't do that to the level that it was earlier this year. By the way, Trent M. Saying, I'm just getting through the comments right here. What are you wearing, Shu? Again, <laughs> Schuster wearing the uh, the Estonia soccer or Estonian soccer. Oh, this is rugby. Here. Rugby, right. yeah. Rugby. It's, it's, it's a rugby shirt, yes. I do apologize. Uh, I would uh, never conflate uh, the two. No, and who would? Uh, for the uh, legendary Talon Tigers. Yes, I think there's some pretty good uh, sponsors here. Like, for instance, uh, this one that says Rugby Boots Travel. I'm not sure Rugby Boots Travel is a a sponsor of the PHNX Wildcat broadcast, but it is a sponsor right there, as you can see on the shirt of the uh, Talon Tigers Rugby Club. Now, let's talk about that seven-man rotation right here, and I want to get a lot of your guys' thoughts out here because – 
you know, again, when you when you're only going to play seven uh, seven players, it's kind of gone in the exact opposite realm that I think that you and I thought. I think I think that uh, at least I thought that Vasar would get more minutes as the season's gone on. Anthony Humbert, if you're watching, you can give me the middle finger right now because you were right on that one. But when you've only got seven guys right now, and it's basically Bo- it's basically Boswell and it's Larson coming off the bench. There's not a lot of margin for error there when it comes to injury. There's not a lot of margin for error with that. But it's obvious that Tommy Lloyd feels right now that these seven guys are the ones that can, for lack of a better term, lead him to the promised land. And also, um, and I'm just guessing on this, I think he's probably a little concerned about maybe Vasar's confidence and whatnot. He had talked about that a little bit. But I don't love not having uh, one of those guys in there at least. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if this is how it is, then this is how it is. And once you got into the Pac-12 tournament and into the NCAA tournament, I think there was a likelihood that Arizona was going to go to a smaller bench like a lot of other teams do anyway. That's not really a surprise. The aspect of it that surprises me a little bit is that it's happening now as opposed to happening maybe a month from now uh, where you started to shorten things a little bit. And part of my concern is with Ballo specifically – who I've talked about a number of times on these post-game shows, I'm not convinced that Ballo is a 30-minute-a-game player over the course of a four-month season. Uh, can he ever be that, or do you think that's yeah, just probably. the way that he is? I think he can, uh, but, you know, it, it, a lot of my, – my, my concern may be uh, unfounded, but I think when you're asking, especially a big guy, to go from 14 minutes to 28 minutes in a season – you might be asking a lot, and that can wear on you as the season moves along. So I had anticipated that Ballo would get less minutes and that Vasar would get more. Uh, and maybe occasionally you'd even bring Anderson into the mix. But, you know, the Wildcats obviously haven't done that. So at this stage, the likelihood is that all things being equal, the Cats are going to go with a seven-man rotation. Obviously, they have played some other people some minutes. So if someone gets hurt or somebody gets dinged up or somebody's in foul trouble, they can probably go a little bit deeper in the bench and hope for the best here and there. But it it appears that uh, this is the recipe they're going to try to utilize, which means that when Ballo isn't on the floor, they're going to be a little bit smaller uh, than I think we anticipated. But occasionally that's been reasonably effective. All right, let's talk about the conference now because things have worked out a little bit in Arizona's favor here. Let me tell you about the DraftKings pick of the week. Now, if you were to ask me before the season, I thought that Arizona was a good uh, value bet to win the conference, and I still believe they're a good value bet to win the conference, even though they're a game behind UCLA. We're going to get to that there in just a second. But again, DraftKings, check it out, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. That is my pick of the week right there, that Arizona's going to win the conference. Sean Schuster, do you want to throw in a DraftKings pick of the week right there? Well, uh, I think it was our pal NPOB who mentioned, maybe not on this broadcast, but on another uh, uh, platform, that uh, after Shu uh, proclaimed the uh, Boston Bruins as a sure thing, uh, the Bruins, by the way, lost tonight. But it was right. only their sixth game of the year. So so you know how good I am at this. I am wondering, uh, what was the line tonight, by the way? Five and a half. So the three-pointer at the end did matter. Mm-hmm. So the meaningless Washington State three-pointer that cut it from eight to five actually mattered. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. That, 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 that's gambling in a nutshell right there. That's, that's betting right there. But again, oh, that, That's betting right there. Check oh, out the man. show notes and the link in the description. Um, again, check it out. Draft, uh, uh, what was it, uh, 
uh, Merce just said on Twitter, what is she wearing? And uh, again, he is wearing a, an Estonian rugby shirt right there. So um, all right. I'll ask that for the remainder of the show. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll think about repeating it about 17 or 18 more times. All right. Now let's talk about where Arizona is in the grand scheme of things in the conference, though. Um, UCLA looked like they were going to run away with the conference because just remember this time last week, they were at, uh, you know, um, excuse me, three games up on, uh, now you're only one game up. You lost to Arizona, you lost to USC, Arizona, you're going to get Arizona at home, um, uh, coming at the end of the season. They've got to travel to Oregon as well. UCLA does. Arizona's got Oregon coming to town. This is, gets very, very fascinating. And I wa- I've watched quite a bit of UCLA this year. They're another team, and we've talked about it. They're very, very good, but they don't have a ton of a margin for error either because they don't go uh, particularly deep, and they're not very big either. So all of these teams out here, they all have – certain flaws right now that I think can be exposed. And, you know, right now I think Arizona's got as good a chance as anyone. Uh, in the conference. Yeah. Uh, obviously uh, Arizona got the help that it needed, at least in the here and now it's just as possible that Arizona gives, goes into Washington and UCLA has got a two game lead before the weekend's out. Uh, but right now in the here and now Arizona's in the mix, which is obviously a nice place to be. USC helped them out. Uh, naturally, uh, shortly after me saying that I didn't think USC was very good and Mike Luke disagreeing, USC has now gone into ASU and rolled UCLA. So naturally, the uh, shoe curse, uh, the, the shoe cooling. And not just anyone goes in and beats ASU. Not That's just an, yeah. anyone goes in there and beats ASU. <laughs> by the way, real quick. Really oh, by quickly. the way, what am I wearing an Estonian rugby jersey? Anyway, go ahead, Mike. Oh, just to make fun of ASU very quickly. It is very, uh, it's very fascinating. Dave, I will never buy into ASU being good again throughout the uh, majority of the season. I bought into them actually being good this year. And again, they've fallen flat on their face. They're losing every single thing. They're probably not going to even make the tournament now. This happens every single year with ASU, John Schuster. Well, I see. Yeah, but I think ASU is good enough to be in the tournament. That's And and, and I think the, the Pac-X is kind of... You know, their overall, re- uh, their, their, their overall resumes is a bunch of bubble teams, but I think if you threw them into the tournament mix, they, they, they could have some success. I think ASU could win a tournament game. I think SC could win a tournament game, uh, despite what I said about uh, two sentences ago. I think, you know, uh, they're the, and, and I get that Washington State eventually has to win basketball games, but as opposed to being close and competitive, but they're a pain in the backside. Do you feel like Oregon could win a tournament game or two? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but right, right right, now, the conversation seems to be at the conference. Mike, at three teams in the postseason? The NCAA, right. really? This feels to me like it's a better league than that. Uh, and, and, and It's not the Big I, Ten, but it's good. Well, the Big Ten analogy, which you often rightfully make, is kind of interesting here. In, in the Big Ten, if you're the number eight team in that league, well, nobody even obviously thinks twice that you shouldn't be in the field. But if... If you've got, uh, if you're that in this conference this year, uh, you aren't even under consideration. So yeah, right. if if you were to stack up the number eight team in the in the Pac X against the number eight team in the Big Ten, I think that Pac X team might have an opportunity to be successful. I'll take uh, but my that chances. Is the, yeah, I don't know. So so, but anyway, question for you: Agree or disagree? UCLA has a better opportunity to make a deeper tournament run than Arizona. 
Mm. Um, Let me explain my take and I'll give you a couple minutes. Yeah, all right. I'll give you a minute or so. My, my belief is this, and we've seen this based on Arizona's matchup concerns. Teams like Washington State, teams like ASU, teams like Oregon. Uh, I'm going to say Arizona, but I but go ahead. Sorry. Okay. My belief is that UCLA runs into trouble against a team like Arizona. But obviously, if you see Arizona in the tournament, you're both of you had very successful uh, NCAA runs. Uh, but I think there because there aren't a lot of teams like Arizona. UCLA's defense plays very well, and their ability to score clutch buckets helps them. Uh, so I think they match up better with more teams than Arizona does. And that's the concern that I ultimately have, or the reasoning that I have at this stage, believing that once you get into an, the uncertainty of the NCAA tournament field, that advantage goes to UCLA as opposed to Arizona based on that merit. I think what's interesting about UCLA is, and again, it's they're they're drastically different teams, and I think that's what's fascinating about it. But I think what's fascinating about UCLA too is that they are so reliant on Hawkes or Tiger Campbell. When you watch UCLA, basically all of their action, all of their offense is generated from one of those two guys. And if they don't play well, then it's a real problem, but I guess you could say the same thing if Julius Tabellus doesn't play well. But I think the difference, though, is that Julius Tabellus, I think just by the virtue of being a big man, is going to get more easy touches, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I think that UCLA is more battle-tested for, and as well, too. Hawkins is a big-time player. Tiger Campbell's a big-time player, obviously. I don't love their height. Um, I think they're. I think against a team with bigs, they could really have some problems. But at the end of the day, they also were out out rebounded Arizona though on the offensive glass. So, follow up question. Okay, go yeah. ahead. I, you go. I'll, I'll let you answer that. I'm sorry, you were about to. No, run. no, no. Go you're ahead. good. You're good. Go ahead. What did What did you have to say, John? So Arizona, UCLA. I think Arizona. I think Arizona goes further. Okay. All right. Uh, follow up question. Do you think UCLA or Arizona plays better defense? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think Arizona plays better defense. Why? Because if you look at Arizona, especially on the perimeter, there isn't anybody who wows you with superior athleticism or or length that makes you think that's a guy who can stop somebody. Yet, if you look at Arizona's defensive numbers, they're pretty damn good. Right. And on top of that, too, they're finding ways against pretty good teams. And again, I'm not really counting Washington State in there, but they're, but they're finding ways to win games in the. But what 60- is it they're doing? That 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 I guess it, it are they a are they a defensive mirage or are they better than we give them credit for for a reason that we haven't quite pinpointed. That's a great. That's a great question, and I honestly I don't really know the answer. Everybody out there, you're smarter than well. You're smarter than me. I don't know about Schuster, but you're smarter than me. So uh, go ahead and have, throw that one out there. What does make this Arizona def- team fairly good defensively? Because on paper, it shouldn't be. Um, Kirk Reese is not a plus defender. Courtney Ramey is, was, came in, was billed as a plus defender. He's really not. Uh, I think Larson's a pretty good defender. Um, I think uh, I think he's probably the best defender on the team. Tabellus is okay. Ballo is kind of the same way. Outside of Pella Larson, I don't know that there is a guy that you would look at and say, all right, he's a pretty good defender. It's an interesting yeah. point there, Shu. So, so if you look at their raw, and, and my 
general belief is that Arizona is a much better rebounding team ultimately than they give them than we give them credit for. And right. the 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 their relative defensive approach is that because they're so big on the inside, uh, they'll allow teams to shoot from three, and eventually those teams aren't going to make the three-pointers, and when they don't make the three-pointers, Arizona's going to get the rebound. And so their defensive numbers maybe look a little bit better. But in terms of individual talent, a guy you'd go to, and you love this stuff, uh, you know, a Dalen Terry, a Reggie Gary, I don't like comparisons. Uh, and I know you don't. I don't, don't. like so listening comparisons. I'm thrusting you in a very difficult position here. But if you were, I don't know that you'd think of anybody on this roster who you'd put in any top whatever category defensively. You don't look at Ballo and Tabellus and compare them to Coloco from an overall defensive standpoint, right. do you? Yet, as a team across the board, Arizona's defensive numbers are clearly good and playing pretty well. I do have a sense, and I think Garrett makes a great point. I do think it's probably not here yet, but I do think that uh, Kylan Boswell is going to be a very good defender. He has the feel of a guy that is quick, strong. Yeah, going to be isn't now, and 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 that's the part that I'm having. Yeah, that's the part that I'm having a a disconnect that I just don't have an answer for, and it's and I'm kind of curious about generally speaking what it is and whether a lot of this is that there is is whereas we've talked about a lot of the pack x's matchup difficulties where they have a lot of athletic teams maybe they're also playing a bunch of teams in this league who are inconsistent offensively too i think though i think with arizona as well arizona to me is so matchup based as to who they uh, as to who they're going to be playing because again the what the teams that i don't really want to play uh, from an arizona perspective are teams with guards that are physical the trap houston i know is coming off a terrible loss to temple alabama is much the same way i don't i'm not thrilled about that because again teams that can really stress arizona i think are ones that can pressure you full court because i just don't i think personally that's arizona's biggest weakness is the ball handling on the team i think that that's easily the biggest weakness but there aren't a lot of teams in college basketball that press the trap that do the rick patino kelvin sampson type thing out there so you're limited in those kind of teams that you're going to go against yeah and uh, a, a lot of coaches are averse to and i think i think lloyd falls under this category too coaches hate giving up dunks And so it's difficult. I I think there are two reasons that a lot of teams don't press more. One is that there's a defensive aversion on that. You hate to give up easy buckets. So you have to work it through your head that your approach is going to wear teams down and ultimately be effective. And I think a lot of teams probably don't have the depth and don't want to run themselves into the ground uh, by pressuring too much. Uh, so, and I think Arizona falls under that category too. I am a proponent of Arizona trying to figure out ways to um, manipulate turnovers to get uh, to lead to off, use defense to get points on the offensive end. And in the early portion of today's game, that was working for them. When Arizona got the early lead, I think they forced three Washington State turnovers and got easy buckets on the other end and extended things a little bit. But Arizona doesn't, and clearly with a seven-man rotation, Arizona doesn't have the depth to be able to go a majority of the game or even a large portion of the game with some sort of expanded defensive approach. But I'd like to see it in pockets 
maybe over the course of about six minutes a game. But even at this stage, that may not be something that uh, that may not be a wrinkle that they throw out there if they keep winning games 63 to 58. At least as far as they're concerned, they're still getting W and W's and playing good D in the half court. All right, two things. First of all, we got Jed Fish coming on tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We'd love to see all of you here. I'm going to get Jed Fish to say back the A, and more importantly, I'm going to talk with him about a lot of different stuff. So love to see you all here uh, uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Also, tap and bottle. Let's just say to yourself that I don't, I'd like to go watch the game, but I don't know where to go. Tap and Bottle is the place to go because they have good TVs. They got four peaks there as well. Come hang out with us. Next one is February 11th, the watch party. We can yell at the screen together, enjoy being Wildcats fans and being tormented in the same time. Come on. We'd love to see you up there. Tap and Bottle. Um, Okay. Now, this is funny. Now, I don't – Patrick Stark says get him to say four peaks. I don't know that I have – I don't know that I have that uh, that strength, but who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he'll volunteer it right there. Or text um, Mulebach and see if Mulebach can put in a good one. Mulebach's word. watching right now. So oh, nice I, to see you, I, Matt. I texted him the pink uh, Estonian jersey right there. <laughs> so, all right. But I do want to say this, though. I think it's very important. Arizona, at the end of the day, is still sixth in the country. Now, you could say that they shouldn't be sixth. They should be higher. Whatever the case is, they're six. And they have a good resume at this point. Because, again, I know UCLA lost, but UCLA is really good. Tennessee is really good. Indiana's your typical Big Ten team that will get into the tournament and probably lose in the first round, but they're still a tournament team. San Diego State, Creighton, good metrics as well. So, again, Arizona has some pretty good wins right here to begin with. And, again, just like everybody else, Arizona isn't infallible because, again, I mean, Kansas, when was the last time you've seen Kansas lose by, what was it? Did you see that? It was like 30 points or something. You generally yeah, don't. Yeah, didn't see TCU roll them. Right. On that so, so, I mean, that happens. I mean, it, it, it happens, especially on this year. Blizzard, uh, on their blizzard court. I don't know what the hell that thing is. Uh, yep. But, you know, there and and I don't know if it's basically. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll table that perhaps for another time. Uh, it Arizona's wins stack up favorably with anybody in the country, the right. big wins. So are, could they be on the, I know a lot of people I'm on the two line right now, right now, whatever, we're six weeks away from all of that stuff. Uh, so a lot can change and a lot can fluctuate understandably, but you can favorably make an argument for Arizona as a one seed based on, uh, you know, the wins that they have on that resume, losing to Washington state, which is an upside down team uh, at McHale. Understandably. Not ideal. Not ideal. It understandably looks bad. Uh, but, uh, and, and I think it was Muehlbach who mentioned it on the broadcast tonight that Arizona hurts itself because Washington State might fall out of the top 75 uh, by Arizona winning. By Arizona winning. Yeah. Uh, but if, if, uh, if that had, yeah. So, but, but maybe Washington State works its way back in there and that's not so bad. Any, anyway, Arizona's overall resume of wins stacks up favorably with a lot of teams in the country. So you could absolutely make the argument they're number one. And if Arizona could hold on to that and be the number one team or get a favorable seed on the West, you're looking at Sacramento in the first weekend, I think, and Vegas in the second weekend. If you're a Wildcat fan who already packs Vegas for the Pac-X tournament, what are you going to do two weeks later if Arizona's in the NCAA tournament uh, playing Sweet 16 and hopefully Elite 8 matchups. 
you know, BTH or smart guy. We've talked about this multiple times before. This team does remind me quite a bit of the Matt Othick, Matt Muehlbach, Brian Williams, uh, Ed Stokes. I don't, I, I don't like comparisons, so I'm not getting into that. All right, no, I don't blame you, but I, it does remind me a little bit of it. I guess Brian Williams would be your your Julius uh, Tabellus Stokes. Uh, I, I like Ballo a lot more than Stokes. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but uh, and on the perimeter is fairly similar as well. I, I don't hate that comparison in the least. I know John Schuster doesn't like comparisons, and he doesn't want to interject here in the least. Well, so I won't was was such a better shooter from three. I agree with that than anybody oh, than any of them. Yeah, for sure. All right. Everybody out there, really appreciate you. We had 130 likes at almost 11.45 today. You guys are absolutely fantastic. You make the show. Great contributions. Uh, All the new people coming in there, really appreciate you as well. I'd also like to thank Emma Clark behind the scenes. Emma Clark has been a godsend here. She She has done essentially everything that I put out here. It's not possible without Emma. So again, Big tip of the cap to Emma. Emma is fantastic. Including um, the latter. Thank you, Emma. Yes, very much so. Thank you, Emma. And by the way, Sean, that was funny. <laughs> Pack X every single time. I love it. <laughs> All right. But again, everybody out there, again, you are the best. Schuster, Emma, I'm Mike Luke. Be back with you tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Coach Jed Fish, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.